You're listening to the Seek Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seek Go Create podcast. This is your host, Tim Winders, and I'm excited to share we're on episode three of season three. The Everyday Leader is what this season is entitled, and I'm excited. Really, for the next three episodes, we're going to focus on the most important part of leadership, which is us. And I've kind of subtitled the episode today, How to Lead Us or How to Lead Me. So we're going to be talking about that. But before before I dive into it, I just, I am so full of gratitude and thankfulness today as I'm recording this. And I've got to share this with you because it, it means so much to me. I've kind of shared it with my wife, Glory. And at the time I'm recording this season, season three, where a portion of the episode's in, it has been maybe a week or so since we've released season one. And I think season two is beginning to be released right now. And just so you kind of know, our goal with our team was to was to really release three seasons before we let many people know about the podcast, just to get some things under our belt for us to see how things work, to get things loaded properly, check check our website, check how things are going up on all the podcast platforms, all those type things. We're just, we're learning how to do this like a lot of people are too. And so we really didn't know, didn't let many people know about the podcast, but I have in the last 24 hours gotten some feedback from just a few people that I'm going to share. I'm not going to give names or anything, maybe their first names that has been so encouraging to me. And and the only place that we've really shared it, of course, it's up on the platforms for self-discovery for people that are just finding it. But the only place is I just posted it on my private Facebook page that we had started a podcast uh, a few weeks back, and I recently got a message from Roxanne, won't give her full name here just because she didn't give me permission yet, but Roxanne, whom I've known for years going all the, back to, all the way back to high school, sent me a note, said, love the podcast. I'm on episode four. Thanks for sharing. You are blessing many, including me. Thank you. And went on to share how some things really helped her and she related to in one of the episodes Thank you, Roxanne. That that means so much to me, and what a blessing you are just for reaching out unsolicited. And then another longtime friend, Joan, I've known probably since elementary or middle school. No, elementary, definitely. Sent a message, said, hi there, Tim. I just want you to know I've been listening to your podcast. I love podcasts, and I think you're doing a great job. I find them very relatable and interesting. I'm sure it's difficult as well as healing to be so upfront and honest about your life. The good and the bad. And anyway, she just said she appreciated it. Thank you, Joan. That that means so much to me. I cannot begin to describe how much it means to me for both of y'all to give that feedback. And then I even had a call yesterday with, with, uh, with a buddy that we've done some business and I actually, he may be someone we interview in the near future. And he said, by the way, I've been listening to your podcast just kind of as we were talking. And I said, really? I mean, I don't know why it should shock me because typically we would do a podcast and hope people listened. But um, I just want to tell you, for those that are listening, thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. 
And I can't even express how much it means to me because when we started this, it was just with the goal to share. And someone even asked in some things we were putting together for marketing and all, they said, why are you really doing this? I said, you know, I'm about to be a first-time grandparent, and I just want to start capturing some thoughts, maybe some wisdom, some interviews, so that we can leave some things for our grandchildren. And so this podcast vehicle is a great way to do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so much. I do. I really, really do. So having said all that, let me see if I could deliver content and keep up, keep up the momentum. So today we are going to go right back into The Everyday Leader. And this is the episode that we're going to start the next, I guess, three episode arc on how to lead us or how to lead me. And I want to go back before we get too far into this and go over the definition that we talked about in episode one, reiterated in episode two, which is the definition that I use for leadership. I don't know if I swiped this from someone. I don't know if I came up with it. I don't know if I dreamt it. I don't know if at some point during my prayer time, the Lord dropped it into my spirit and I wrote it in a journal. I don't know. It could be a conglomeration of all of those things, but the definition that I have begun adopting for leadership is being a steward over those people, places, and things that God has gifted you with. Let me repeat it. Being a steward over those people, places, and things that God has gifted you with. And I won't go into a lot more detail on that. You might need to back up and listen to episode one and two to get some background, but we're going to keep building on that. So today, I'm just going to hit really a number of big topics and then also some bullet points underneath each topic uh, that's really going to focus on us and us being what is a steward, which incorporates a lot of things. And it's really a big word. It means more than than what probably most of us even think. Our, our small brains probably can't even grasp it. But the first thing that I want to go into, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about attitude. I'm going to talk about actions, responsibility. And then I'm also going to really go over the concept of being a giver, not a taker, as we wrap up this episode. So we've got a lot to cover. So let me dive into the first section, which is attitude. Attitude. Att- Boy, I almost said a word I shouldn't say, but attitude is the first big topic here. And I think that we all understand this, but we really need to say, we need to really remind ourselves that leadership, influence, stewardship, it really does begin with us. And what is our attitude? What is our mindset? What is our thinking about our, our influence, our leadership, the position that we're in, the role we play. And that is if we're a parent, that is if we are a boss, if we run a business, if we, if we just do work and we interact with customers, clients, or those type things. Attitude is so important. And it's a word that's so overused and, and people talk about having a good attitude and things like that. But I wanted to find it, I guess I wanna use an analogy that that might help us with it and and it's something like this is think about just think about a smelly stinky pile of trash what does a stinky smelly pile of trash 
attract? Well, we don't want to be very graphic here, but we know it's probably going to attract flies, probably some bugs, some bugs we don't even want to talk about, maybe mold, uh, possibly uh, some dogs and most likely mangy dogs if that's where they hang out. And the reason I bring that up is if we adopt stinky, smelly, negative, bad attitude, then that's what we're going to attract. You know, I work with organizations as a coach, and it is amazing to me how we attract what we are. In other words, if you're positive, if you're, if you're uplifting, if you show love and compassion for people, yeah, there may be some issues that come up and you may attract some things that aren't exactly like that, but for the most part, you will attract those type people, those type things. But, and we use this word a lot, if you're a jerk, <clears throat> if you're some other profane words, I don't want to get the E category on my podcast that says I use explicit, explicit language, but if you could fill in the blanks on some of these words, if you're one of those people and you're even prideful about it and you think it gets you places and people respect you and things like that, then I'll tell you, you're going to attract people like that. And at some point, you're going to look around and you're going to have an organization or you're going to have people around you that you have influence over that are just like you. And the big thing with attitude, I think, is just look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, do you want a bunch of you around? And if you don't, then I think you need to make some adjustments and change. And that's, that's really what we're talking about here is what's the attitude that you have about being a steward, being a leader. And, and uh, you know, I hate to keep talking about having a coach or mentor, but uh, maybe it's a shameless plug. Maybe it's not shameless. It's a plug. One of the best ways to identify what your attitude is is to ask someone else. If you're married, ask your spouse. If you have a partner or someone that you're close to, ask them. Say, hey, I just want to ask you a question. I want you to be truthful with me. What's my attitude like? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it smelly? Is it stinky? Do you think, do you think I have a good attitude? Do you think I have a bad attitude? And get ready because, you know, they're going to give you a hope, hopefully a good response. And then that'll give you a foundation to know if you need to adjust. And listen, I'm a big believer. I think everybody can change. I think if you have a poor attitude, then you can just snap your fingers and change that. So anyway, look in the mirror. That's a big, big indicator of what type of steward, leader, influence you're going to have over, over other people. A couple of questions before we get off the attitude to ask yourself is, what is your purpose? You know, what are you here for? And I know a lot of people, this is a, a much deeper topic that maybe we'll cover at some other, some other time, but what is your purpose? I'll give you an example of mine is I believe that at this time in my life, my assignment or my purpose is to coach and encourage people. And I'll even go deeper than that. I believe that my function is to reach down inside of people and organizations too, but, but organizations are made up of people, to reach down inside of them and pull out what God has placed inside of them that may not have been able to come out and, and come to fruition. 
So that's my purpose. And I hope that you've got something that, that you can speak out like that. Or maybe it's running a business. Maybe it's just being a parent. Maybe it's being a mom. Maybe it's being a dad, a spouse. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're in ministry. But I, I do think that part of attitude, I think part of bad attitudes is when a lot of people are going through life and they don't understand what their purpose is or a word closely related to that. What's your passion? And I think a lot of people start slipping into bad attitudes, habits, stinky mindset, whatever words you want to use, when they don't have passion and they don't understand their purpose. And we don't have time to go into it on this pad podcast, but just ask yourself that question. You know what? Am I passionate about something? Do I understand what my purpose is? So those are a few tips, some ideas, thoughts related to attitude. Let's move on. Let's talk about our actions. Okay, so attitude was one. Let's look at some big picture things, actions here, because, you know, I've, I've said it before in podcast. I don't think it was on this one, but, you know, the definition for me of a hypocrite is someone where their, their actions and their words or their thoughts and actions and words don't line up. They are, they're in conflict. And so the foundation here, and some of this I'm just going to ask questions to get you thinking, maybe to poke at you a good bit and get you thinking about your, um, your actions here. First thing I would ask is, what are your thoughts? What are the thoughts or the tapes that go on in your mind? Do you think that you can be successful? Do you think you are a person that is grateful and has gratitude? Do you think that you're a person that shows love and kindness, compassion for other people? Do you look at other people and you judge them and, and think bad thoughts about them, whatever those thoughts are? So what are your thoughts? That's kind of the first foundation because actions typically come from thoughts. They don't just come out of nowhere. They start with thoughts. Those are the seeds that they come from. So you need to kind of look at where those seeds are. What's the where are they germinating and coming from? So what are your thoughts? The next thing is what are your words? And this one's kind of tough to discuss in the society that we're in today because there are so many people that they just believe because we've got social media and things are digital and they don't necessarily look in people's eyes and see flesh in front of them that we can say anything we can speak our minds. We have the freedom to just let it rip and cut people to shreds. And, and you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a Southern boy. I grew up in the South, and my mama taught me a certain way. And, and I know some of those things might be a little old-fashioned, but I'm, I'm not. Listen, I believe in freedom of speech. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I still believe we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. And I think that we need to use words that uplift other people, not cut people down. Or, And I believe that even goes in, this is controversial, I know, that even goes into our political arena. And I know a lot of people listening to this, in fact, probably everyone, you have very defined and strong political beliefs because in our society today, almost everyone does, or they've totally checked out and they don't want to have anything to do with it. But if you have any beliefs, then you probably, in, in our country, America, you have strong opinions for one side or the other. 
and I'm I'm not going to go down that road here of which side is better or worse or whatever. I'm just telling you that when I when I'm on social media, when I'm hearing some people that I care for and I know roughly what their heart is like, when I hear some of the things coming out of their mouths, it really is it's discouraging to me. It bothers me. It grieves me that we have come to a place in society where we are letting those kind of words fly. So what are your words? And, you know, I kind of got down a road with politics and all. I didn't really mean to, but really everything that comes out of our mouth is important. There's some spiritual principles there that, that we won't go into here, but, but your words are powerful and your words need to line up with your actions. If you say that you have compassion and love and understanding and you're desiring to be a steward over those people, places, and things and or things that you've been gifted with, then you know what? Your words need to line up with your actions because if not, I'll use that word again, you're a hypocrite. I'm not judging you. I'm just observing. That's really what what a hypocrite is. So don't be that way. What are your thoughts? What are your words? What are your actions? Help them line up. Help them line up so that you're able to attract. You want to attract the people that you want to be around. You don't want to repel. You know, I I think I mentioned it earlier, and I'll say it again here. I am not sure that we have the ability to motivate people. When we're in a leadership role or a management role or a even as a parent or someone who has some influence other pe- over other people, I think we can do some things to motivate, but motivation is really a small, small sliver of what we can do. I do think, though, that we can create an environment that is motivating, but what I've observed in the work that I do and the businesses and ministries and people that I interact with, what typically happens is that most organizations, many organizations, I'll say it this way, they actually create an environment that repels people more than it attracts people. And that's, that's obviously not what we want to do. So try to assess, do you attract or do you repel? And again, we're still under the subcategory of actions here. So ask yourself that question. A few other things to look at here. What are your strengths? You know, years ago, I, I've, I've been through many cycles with this, especially as it relates to leadership and success principles and, and those type things. And it's real interesting. For a number of years, there was the philosophy of, you know, uh, identify your strengths and try to minimize your weaknesses. And then there was this cycle of, you know, identify your strengths and weaknesses and work on your weaknesses so that they can become strengths. And then, you know, we get to a society now where a lot of things that we thought were our strengths all of a sudden become weaknesses. And, you know, a lot of it is just related to some things in society. And I guess I'll just say it this way. What are the things that give you energy? What are the things that that as you do them, you feel energized versus draw. And I'll go back to myself. I'll just go ahead and kind of be transparent here. 
I have energy. Number one, it's been really cool how doing this podcast has given me energy. I'm really excited about it. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, hearing people that are being impacted and giving feedback just really nourishes my soul. It makes me feel so good. So that's one thing. I'm enjoying this. But I also enjoy when I've got a 60-minute call with a coaching client and we have a conversation and I'm just able to provide something, some observation, some perspective that's helpful for them. When I get off that call, it's not like I have energy drained from me. I have more energy than I had before I got on that call. So that really leads to another question is kind of what are you good at? I think I'm good at it. I, I, you know, I'm not hopefully arrogant, cocky or whatever. I mean, I need to believe that I've got a strength there because it gives me energy. And I think you should ask yourself that question. What gives you energy? What, what, it, what are you really good at? What are your strengths? Because you need to play to those. Now, a lot of people, I actually heard this said, an overused strength can become a weakness. So, like for, for example, if someone speaks very well, I just stumbled when I said that. I was going to say maybe I speak a little bit good, but anyway, my English teachers may listen in on this and get on to me for my grammar there. But so, so, but, but I, I, I do have the ability to turn on microphone and talk. But in the next few, um, actually after we finish this season, we're going to be moving into interview format. I've got about eight to ten interviews lined up that I'm very excited about. They're people that I have some contact with that I just want to have a conversation with. Well, my strength of talking, if I get on the line with them and I talk 50, 60, 80, 90 percent of the time, it is not going to be an enjoyable interview, even if someone may like to hear the sound of my voice, because I'm overusing that strength. I've got to flip and use the strength of asking questions and listening. So I don't know if that was a good example, but that's just a possible example of how an overused strength can become a witness. So I hope that's helpful for you. But listen, I encourage you. I I know, I know without a doubt that everyone listening to this, you have strengths. You have something that you're good at. There is something that gives you energy, that makes you feel stronger when you do it than when you're not doing it. And I just encourage you to find what that is. If it's within the realm of, you know, legal, ethical, and moral things, then do it. Embrace it. I've, I've done brainstorming sessions with a lot of people that they said, yeah, but I, I can't make a living doing that or I can't make money. And I, I would argue with you on that. I'm, I, I've been working with businesses and startups and coaching for going on 30 years now. And I could tell you, there's a lot of ways you can make money. So anyway, I, don't, I, I wish I could get on the line with everybody and brainstorm with you. But trust me, I think that you can find a way to to use your strengths more than you probably are. And I challenge you to do that. The next thing that I want to talk about is this is an important action that I was talking with someone there. In fact, they're going to be on one of our uh, podcasts in the near future. So I won't mention names and all right now, but it's a, it's a leader in the Silicon Valley area. I'll just say it that way. They're a C-level and have been in many companies and I'm excited about interviewing them more, but we were talking about 
the lack of ability that most leaders have, this is in a corporate environment, to make a decision. Just a simple decision. And I bring that up here because from an individual standpoint, you need to be able to make decisions and you need to be able to make some decisions quick. And it, is, it has been amazing to me to see CEOs, C-level executives in corporations, heads of pretty good size organizations, you know, 300, 500, 1,000, 2, 3, 4,000 people that can't make a decision. They have to get the team involved and then they discuss it and talk about it. And listen, I understand there's some decisions that you don't want to make a quick one, but there's some things, just make the decision to move on. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'll use just a quick example for me. I, uh, I live in an RV. You know, I'm, I've shared that with you guys and my wife and I have kind of gone to more of a minimalist, essentialist kind of a, kind of a lifestyle. And, and, and part of that is reducing our choices. And a real simple example, we both have reduced our choices when it comes to what we wear. I've got a closet. I've, I'm videoing this, but I'm holding my hands about 12 to 24 inches apart. I've got a closet that's about that big, and every bit of clothing I have is in there. So I reach in, grab a black T-shirt, grab a probably a black or a gray shirt, and the pair of pants that go with it. I've got a few of them, and that is it. It's a quick decision. I'm done. I don't stand there thinking about it, looking at it, that type thing. And and I have just observed in the society that we're in, we have so many choices now that we need to get better. We need to practice making decisions, quick decisions, because as people move into the to positions of influence and leadership and stewardship, I notice that people are getting bogged down. I think they're fearful and they're unable to make decisions, and that's not good. A couple other things that are important. We're not going to go into detail here, but time management. If you don't manage your time, someone else will. So you need to manage it. And I know time management is not a term we use. I taught it at the Bell South Leadership Institute back during the early 90s. Used to have the big Franklin planner, the paper ones. Yep, I'm old school. I don't anymore. But time management is important. You need to be able to manage your time. And you also need to be able to set goals. And, and those are important actions that you need to have. So those are actions that we talked about. So we've got attitude, actions, and then the last or the next to last big topic that I want to cover is responsibility or another word is just accountability. I really, I don't want to say I get angry and I don't want to say I get grieved. I've used that word already in this podcast. It's really bothersome to me to see people that get placed in an area of responsibility, an area over people, um, parents, or, or, um, or, or uh, again, business settings where they aren't able to just stand up and say, I'm responsible for this. I'm overseeing this. I will take the good and I will take the bad. Bring it on. That, that is something that I just don't see much anymore. And I think it's important for someone who's in a position of stewardship or leadership to be responsible and accountable. And, and part of it is all the things I mentioned above and, and you know getting someone that can help you and show that. But part of it is just also 
being self-aware, you know, being able to understand what it means to be a person of influence and have and have leadership over things. You know, it, it's it's real interesting. If if we aren't self-aware, many times there's this veil or cloud that doesn't allow us to be able to see the way other people see us. I don't know if that makes sense. Let me see if I could state that another way. If we totally think of ourselves, and we're going to talk about this in just a little while, then it really makes it difficult for us to have understanding for the way other people see us. And we can never totally know how other people see us unless we can have good conversation, open dialogue, you know, non-defensive conversation with people. But part of that is also being self-aware and knowing what we talked about earlier, our strengths, knowing weaknesses, knowing what our thoughts are, having an understanding of that. We'll, we'll be talking about self-awareness in more detail as we look at a podcast. I think it's episode maybe six, four, five, one of those coming up that we'll be going over self-awareness and maybe how to gauge it with some assessments and things like that. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to peel back a layer here to, to talk about how important it is to be more aware and to understand because I'm kind of laying a groundwork for this next statement and that is this one of the biggest threats to effective influence or leadership is pride and selfishness because and listen I I just I want to I want to be very transparent here I as I was growing up and I was, I was really honored to, you know, when I was in high school, I was president of my class, and then I did some things in leadership and in, in politics and, and some community organizations and with, with the corporate world that I was in. And l- let me just say, and, I, and I'm saying this from a position of, I hope, humility now, was that if I were to meet my 25-year-old self or my 20-year-old self or my 17-year-old self right now, I would stick a finger in my chest and I'd say, buddy, you need to back down that arrogance, pride, and selfishness because it's going to get you. And, and maybe there's some of you listening, even though typically people that listen to podcasts have a humility about them, but maybe there's some people listening that you need to ask yourself that same question. The biggest reason why most people don't have influence is because they're prideful and they think it's all about them. Stop it. Stop doing that. Just stop it. We can talk more about that, but it, it, it really is defeating the purpose of, let me go back to my definition, being a steward over those people, places, and or things that God has gifted you with. You've been given a gift, accepted as a gift. It's not all about you and how awesome you are. You may be awesome. I think you are but it's not all about you, so stop making it all out of, all about you. Also, you need to be more focused. This is kind of being intentional. More focused on today than yesterday. Don't beat yourself up over the past or tomorrow. Don't, don't be thinking about the future so much that you really can't focus on today. And let me just go ahead and give another confession. This is one of the things that that is a big challenge for me because... I've always been a planner. I've always been one who planned things out. And there were times in my life that I had 
I had 21 pages of goals. I remember in the mid-90s, I would have goals at the beginning of the year. And, and you know, I was always thinking about what was the future and what, what I was going to be working on. And, and then I'll be up front for those that listen to season one for, for the last 10 years or so, at least, you know, four, five, six years, I have somewhat been very shamed about all that we went through with the downturn and the economic. And so I focused a lot on yesterday and what happened in the past. And, you know, the, the, there's a word that's floated now called being intentional. And being intentional means focusing on what is happening today. It's how we are best. It's how we best function in our relationships, in our business, in our role, and it's how we're a steward. Does that mean we don't learn from what happened in the past? No, we learn. Does it mean we don't focus on and plan for tomorrow? Of course we focus and plan on tomorrow. But the most important thing above all of those is what are we doing right now, right here, today, in this moment? Who's sitting in front of you? If you're sitting down with your spouse, look them in the eye and be there. If you're spending time with your children, be there. If you're leading people, focus on leading those people today. Be more focused on today than yesterday or tomorrow. So a couple of things. I'm, I'm jumping around. I've got bullet points here in front of me, and I'm also getting off on tangents. A few other things. Most leadership books, trainings, make the assumption that you must have people around you to become a leader. This is kind of another thing that I don't want you to focus on yesterday or anything like that. I believe that leadership starts and is developed when someone is alone or when you have no one around you except you and your thoughts. If one can be comfortable when they're isolated and by themselves, then they have some of the basic traits of successful leadership. I'm going to repeat that statement. I believe that leadership starts and is developed when someone is alone and by themselves. And let me kind of add in today's world, no devices, nothing in front of you, no TV going on, conversations, noise. It's probably quiet time. I think for, for me, it's spiritual time. It's time with my father and my creator, learning what his assignment is for me, learning what he wants to tell me. He's my guide. I think we need to be spending more time alone. It's also when you have no one around you except you and your thoughts. If you can be comfortable when you're isolated and by yourself, then you have some of the basic traits of successful leadership. So learn how to manage yourself before you begin planning to be, in, to be or influence others. But that can start now. And this is going to be covered later, but I think that spirit, soul, and body, we're going to talk about that. It's not just... It's not just your mind, it's your soul, it's your heart, it's compassion for others. There's a physical part of this, and I believe there's a spirit. Even if you, even if you don't believe, even if you're not a, a spiritual person, you've got a spirit portion of your being, and that needs to be nurtured and taken care of. So understand that spirit, soul, and body is important. Don't be a victim. Don't blame others. Don't, don't get into this situation. I mean, I could say this. For a long time, I was looking at the economy and all that went on with our... And listen, it, it was rough. I know a lot of people a lot of people went through a lot of things then. But I don't need to be a victim. I can't play that. You can't either. Don't blame others. 
That goes back to the accountability and responsibility we talked to other talked earlier. We need other people, but we alone are responsible for our attitude, our thoughts, and our actions because we know that victims allow the stench of blaming others to creep into their lives and it repels people and therefore negatively influences others instead of attracting people. Don't be a victim. Just accept responsibility. Avoid blaming others. Learn from your mistakes. And this is a big thing on accountability. Keep your commitments. Keep your commitments. In other words, if you've committed, do your best to keep that commitment. And I just want to say, I guess, a brief word about essentialism. Essentialism is the lifestyle that we talk about. I think we introduced that concept in season two of the podcast. Essentialism is really the ability to determine what our priority is. You know, one of the things that I learned, and I'm not, I'm not going to say you need to get rid of stuff and live in an RV or anything like me. That is definitely not the lifestyle for a lot of people. Uh, but what it's done is it's basically pushed away a lot of these distractions from our life. A lot of things that kind of weigh us down and burden us. And we really are able to focus on the things, I believe, the things that are most important. And so that's really when you look at what things are most essential to you. What relationships, what work, what business, what clients, what what people, what friends. I mean, even so much as, you know, what family members. I mean, what is most essential? important to you. That's what that's what we talk about with essentialism. If you do not establish your priorities in life, then guess what? Someone else will, and you don't want to do that. So anyway, all right, I want to wrap up this podcast. I want to talk for just a few moments about just the concept of being a giver and not a taker. And I... I I do believe and I know that this is a tough one because the way things have been structured in our culture and our world is it basically almost encourages people to focus entirely on their self, take care of their issues, take care of all that's going on with them and and not be a giver. But I'm going to encourage you, really, a steward, someone who oversees and takes care of things, someone who is responsible for things, someone who is an influence person or a person of leadership, they must have the attitude of being a giver and not a taker. And I've got some notes underneath this. And the first thing that I want to say is that influence I hate using the word always because I think when we use always and never, it kind of creates this absolute and maybe it is an absolute, but influence should be, maybe I'll say it that way, should be about others and not about you. It should be about how you can impact others for good, for positive and not about you. And obviously you have to think about giving instead of taking when that, when that comes into play. Don't let your ego take over. Ego is an extremely powerful drug, and again, full transparency, I could relate to it. We were involved with a business, it was a multi-level marketing business during the 90s that had me up on stage speaking almost every night of the week with in front of two people, sometimes 200 people, 
And I look back on it and I realized that that just began, began feeding my ego and it was a great business and we did well at it. I was able to leave my corporate position and I learned a ton from that business and, and loved it and loved the people. But I'll tell you that that ego starts creeping in and it's like yeast that just permeates all of your soul and your body and it starts driving you and, and ego is a drug that is as powerful as any drug out there. Do not become addicted to your pride or selfishness. You've got to push ego back because ego begins allowing you to become a taker instead of a giver. And boy, I don't want to go down this road, but I think most of you can think of examples of people in ministry positions, in leadership positions of business, politics, all areas of our culture that ego has crept in and it has called, caused some type of a downfall. They have, they have caused issues there. Don't let ego get the best of you. I love a saying. There's a saying we learned way back when in that multi-level marketing business I was talking about. It's, uh, it's um, recognition, which is a form of ego recognition. Babies cry for it and men die for it. And so don't let that happen to you. Don't, don't let, don't, don't be fueled by ego and recognition. Don't worry about your position, about your title, about getting credit or getting recognition. Do not worry about it at all because in all likelihood, if it's important to you, you're never going to get enough of it and you're always going to want more. And then you're going to be offended if someone doesn't give you the recognition you think you deserve. So stop it. And then you start creeping in and becoming a victim, and it's a, it's a bad cycle. Be focused on others. Be, be focused on others, not yourself. Don't, don't be selfish. I mean, listen, I know you need to take care of the basic things, food, clothing, shelter, basic family relationships. But beyond that, think about others. Lift people up. Encourage them. This is a little bit advanced here. So, but I'm going to mention it because uh, when, I'm, when I do training on speaking and, and, and talking in front of audiences and things like that, I always let people know that if you ever get the spotlight, if you're ever put in a position where people are looking at you and you're the focus of attention, this is advanced, shine the spotlight on someone else, not on yourself. Don't use the words, I, 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 I did this, I did that. Use the term we, and if some people on your team or in your organization or in your family or in whatever circle you're in, if they were a part of it, you turn that spotlight around and you shine it right on them and you say, you know, I just want to say Joe and Sally, they did so much to make this accomplishment happen. I can't give them enough credit for it, and I just want to thank them in front of everyone. Joe and Sally will be walking on a cloud because you did that. That's thinking about others, and that's advanced up there. So anyway, you know, um, there's a word that comes up. I mean, this is kind of a cascading, cascading talk here, I guess, and that's the word humility. And I think it's interesting. I think that most of us would probably say we're humble, except what I shared with you earlier that I look back and I know that I wasn't. But I, I believe that life has a way. If we don't humble ourselves, that we will be humbled somehow. 
I've shared my personal story. I won't go into that again, but we've talked about that. But if you look at examples like, like I, I like to use biblical ex- examples, Joseph from the, from the Old Testament. You know, he had a dream, stood up in front of all his brothers, his 11 brothers, and basically announced to them, he was the youngest too, that all of you, I had a dream, and all of you are going to bow down to me in obedience. And, and you know, that didn't go over very well. And he was sold into slavery and spent time in prison. And he was really humbled by the time he was elevated to the second in command in Egypt. Winston Churchill, great example. I love Winston Churchill's, the history. I love reading history. And, you know, he he was in power during the 20s. I think he was head of the Navy and in Great Britain, was out of power, was kind of kicked to the curb and the sidelines. And then when his country needed him, you know, he had been through it and he was a rough and crusty leader, you know, kind of very similar to what we're kind of seeing, not comparing our current president to Winston Churchill, but we're seeing kind of a crusty old leader now that may or may not have humility. But uh, Winston Churchill came back, he was humbled, and he was the man to lead the uh, lead Great Britain through World War II. And, you know, I believe that history would look differently if it weren't for him in place during that. So there are situations that were humbled. I'm guessing that almost everyone listening to this, you've been through situations like that. Embrace that humility. It doesn't, it doesn't mean false humility. It doesn't mean we, we have to bow down and act like we're less than or inferior to anyone. It just allows us to lead more effectively when we're in times of crisis because I saw this quote somewhere recently. It's hard to trust somebody who hasn't been punched in the nose. Well, you know what? Um, For those watching this on video, I'm raising my hand right now. I've been punched in the nose. Most of you have probably been punched in the nose. So you could probably be trusted and you're probably operating out of humility. Continue that. It allows you to lead effectively and have influence and be a good steward. So anyway, the heart of a leader is really that of a servant. And you know, servant leadership is something that's been talked about. We addressed this in previous podcasts. They believe they were created to serve and they will do everything in their power to give and serve those that they've been entrusted to lead. To me, I like the word stewardship better than servant because sometimes there are some personality styles that when they're told to be a servant leader, they will do whatever they're told without questioning or without leading up or anything like that. And I think that servant leadership mindset can lead to situations where abuse can occur. That's the reason that I have a little bit of a challenge using servant leadership is the reason why I like steward, because a steward has to make some tough calls and tough decisions. So, and it's, it's really easy. It's really easy to think more in terms of being soft and servant, being tough. If you have to, if we look at that word stewardship few other things under being a giver and not a taker. You need to establish trust with people. You need to be trusting and you need to show trust. Don't be a hypocrite. I've talked about that a good bit. I won't dwell on it anymore. Words and actions, they need to be aligned. They must be aligned. Always, always, always do the best you can to operate out of integrity. And I'll tell you that you learn a lot about yourself when you're in times of great success or great failure. When things are going along, they're going well, it's really hard to learn about someone's character. You really learn who you are. 
when all of a sudden the money, massive amounts of money or accolades or recognition is flowing in. And I'll tell you from personal experience, you'll learn about your character when you've got bill collectors showing up at the door, you've got your phone ringing off the hook, you've got, you know, you've got your children that are wanting to go to college and things like that. You learn a lot about yourself and what your character really is. You learn where the flaws are. You learn the things that need to be adjusted and corrected. So integrity is key. Integrity is key. Remember that. Last few things. We're wrapping up this podcast. Being a jerk may generate short-term results, but long-term you will not effectively influence others as a leader unless you have a true and genuine concern for their well-being. That's why we've said be a giver, not a taker. Be a giver, not a taker. And for those of you that are currently in a position of leadership, I'll even say it this way. For those of you that are a parent of kids that are older than 7, 8, 9, 10, with the people around you, the people that you've been entrusted with, the people that you're stewarding over, if they were not forced by circumstances or your position, would they still follow you? For many people, the answer to that question is a resounding no. Why is it a no? Because they're a taker, not a giver. They don't understand what stewardship is. They don't understand a lot of the concepts we've talked about. Leadership, stewardship, influence starts with you. So I hope this podcast has helped. There's been a lot that we've covered. I actually look at my time and it's actually gone probably about 15 minutes longer than I wanted to, but I believe we've covered a lot of ground here. A lot of things that are going to help you, help us. They're going to remind us how to be the everyday leader that we're striving to be. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC Network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. We are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.